0: tonight on Arena Richie Bainham on Oscars BAFTAs and Fermat, and new albums from US Girls Ugly and Hello Mary up for review one is the text. You can tweet the programme at RTE Arena. Yes, indeed, we will be talking to Richie Bainham, who has been nominated for an Academy Award for his special effects in Avatar The Way of Water great man very grounded man as you will hear we'll be looking at some of the latest album releases with Eva Barry and Brian Boyd later on we also have live music tonight delighted to say that joining me in studio is singer-songwriter Niall McCabe in fact he's sitting opposite me right now uh, he's just released a new album called Rituals Rituals I beg your pardon and here from that album is a song called The Ritual
1: Now that all the roads are empty And all the maids have been and gone All the work we had is over Come sit with me in the evening sun
0: Beautiful indeed. I wish the first three minutes of every show could be like that. Thank you so much. sir. Uh, that's Niall uh, McCabe there with his song The Rituals and that is from his album which is called Rituals and uh, Nile will be back with us later for another track and indeed a bit of a chat then later on as well really looking forward to that. For three decades now Richie Bainham the Ballyfermot animation graduate has been quietly working behind the scenes as a visual effects supervisor on some of the biggest franchises in cinema including the Lord of the Rings trilogy and James Cameron's billion dollar sci-fi enterprise Avatar. In 2010 Bainham shared a best visual effects Oscar for his groundbreaking work on the first Avatar film and now he's been nominated again for the second instalment Avatar The Way of Water Chatted to Richie earlier this week before we hear from him let's remind ourselves of some of his most recognisable work The Iron Giant from 1999 Avatar from 2009 and The Lord of the Rings The The Two Towers from 2002
2: That is a tree Rock tree. Get it?
1: (laughs) That's right! Well, my own giant robot. I am now the luckiest kid in America. This is unbelievable. This is the greatest discovery since, I don't know, television or something. I fell in love with the with the forest. And with the the Kaia people. with you.
3: With I trusted you. You. I trusted you. With you.
1: I trusted you. Trust me now, please. Oh, Gazler! God! God, Gazler, you must not, not be your cupid. You will never be one of the people! No. No.
2: Master? Yes. Precious. False. They will cheat you,
0: hurt you, lie. Master's
2: my Friend?
0: You don't have any friends.
2: Nobody likes you
0: and that's just 3 of them uh, 3 of the movies that Richie Bainham was involved in in reverse order there the Lord of the Rings the two towers from 2002 Avatar from 2009 and starting it all off the Iron Giant from 1999 when i spoke to Richie Bainham, i started this was earlier in the week i started by congratulating him on his recent bafta win for special visual effects on avatar the way of water the latest in that particular franchise i asked him if he felt a sense of pride being surrounded by so many irish winners this year that of Kerry Condon, of course, and Barry Kilgan.
4: It does. It does, of course. I, but I'll be honest. Someone, else else. It's like the on and Hughes, you know. And and then Kerry, having you know been around, uh, we know Kerry a little from LA. And for, to see her do so well uh, on the night, like, oh my God! It, first of all, the nominations, but then to win, mm. it just it, it really it, it lights you up. You know, it just gives you an energy that you, it's like. I think she, her. Our speech was so genuine, and uh, again, to just absolute sweetheart.
0: Well, then you you have a speech ready, then I'm I'm sure for the second Oscar nomination. And since you've already had an Oscar win for Avatar, now you have your second one for the new Avatar movie. Do you go in with a a, a slightly different feeling, more nervous, less nervous?
4: Um, I, I'm probably less nervous, but but honestly, it's about the same. It's like it really is about the company you keep and uh, and the experiences you have, because there's no guarantee in any of these award ceremonies you, all, all you've got to do is show up and enjoy the time uh, you know we work very hard when we're making the movie so this this is like this um, slightly surreal bonus that happens at the end mm. and then um, uh, you know for people to uh, uh, appreciate the, the movie uh, I think is the important thing because but again, the value of of the, the trophies oh. and the uh, it really is about the, the recognition from your peers. You know the fact that the, that your peers like work uh, that speaks volumes.
0: Well, let's talk about Avatar: the way uh, the way of water. You know, because you had worked on the first Avatar movie and you had spoken about how intense an experience that was. I think you're working, yeah. you know, six day weeks, sixteen hour days towards the end of that. But you still went back for more. And this was an even longer uh, gestation period, 13 years it, to get that up and going? No, well, yes and no.
4: The truth is that it, 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 we, it, I had the very good pleasure of uh, building and designing um, uh, and directing a ride and uh, working with, with Imagineering to open a park in Florida. Um, I don't know how many of your listeners would have uh, been on Flight of Passage uh, but uh, but that uh, that's another one that, uh, you know, at the end of it, we received a, a nice little nod. We, we got a TEA, a, a theme park, uh, um, you know, best ride of the year. It's still their number one ride, of it, but uh, like to take – Something like that, and be challenged in a completely different way for for, for probably the best part of four or five five years, almost from it from concept to execution, uh, and be able to evolve a a motion vocabulary for a ride system that and just comes at it from a different different standpoint, which is uh, all I did was go back to you know white ultimately white papers but sensory inputs on the body, and um, uh, and how does the body receive signals and how do you process them and some mm. of the things that had not been considered on rides before were you know periphery and, and syncopation and so so to, to tax the body in, the, in that way makes things feel strangely real we also had the opportunity to take a, a, a german robot kuka arm mm. and design a motion vocabulary and, and do some some visual tricks where you yeah. induce you know spinal alignment for turning and then take the image and roll it uh, to the point where we had um, even Bob Iger write the, the very early vocabulary and come off and go, and go I, you know, I don't understand. I, I'm not wearing a belt, but I went upside down.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's It sounds to me like all of that type of experience. As I look at you now on, on the screen, you're on the screen in front of me, I see a beautiful 2D image. Behind you on the screen, and it brings it must bring you back as well to the 2D world that you lived in when you were when you yeah. started out in 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 when you were studying there 2D animation. Um, has that kind of flat white paper, pencil in hand, is that still a basic and a very important tool? Of
4: course. What you're looking at there behind me is uh, an image that I was paid for. You know, by it was a street uh, a street, street uh, Chalk street art composition, mm. you know, chalk on the ground. But instead of doing it on the ground, we were given big sheets of ca- canvas sheets, and uh, that that particular image you see um, won the day, and uh, we managed to walk away with with a hundred pounds. And if this is even, I think pre- precedes Euros. So, <laughs> when was that? When uh, was that, Richie? That would have been 1990, I suppose, uh, first year in college.
0: Yeah, so, wow!
4: Uh, you know, it, that went a long way to to sustain and uh, uh, you know. Uh, and night uh, a couple of nights out for, for, for a game.
0: <laughs> yeah so, and i mean i should describe the image because obviously people can't see it it's it's like a it's, it's a, a bust essentially a head and shoulders with these stripes going to cross through it it's it's a phenomenal oh, image it, and it's it, just it, chalk
4: yeah it's chalk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then ultimately yes the, the, the 2d of it the, the question as to you know the, the evolution for me there, there's obviously been an evolution and and, and some of those steps uh, you, you can be, you know, perceived or accused of moving to the dark side when you go from two D to three D uh, on Iron Giant, and then uh, and I, well, I had the very good pleasure on Iron Giant to to actually connect those two things. Uh, when you see uh, uh, that movie, I don't know if you know the movie, hmm. but the 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 hand breaks away, and Brad Bird was so gracious to to go. You know, what, you, you, I did a test to, to prove that the the hand could have a, a unique personality. I animated it as a Great Dane puppy who was who didn't understand his own science. And was banging around in the kitchen, so Brad turned the whole sequence over to to, 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 to the iron yeah. of production. What and ultimately that starts me down a road of exploration in, in into consistency of character, and that and that is sort of how we ended up with Gollum. You know, trying trying to find any you know the 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 Smeagol Deagle soliloquy. That that for me was a breakthrough to to to, to understand if I can apply. Sympathetic animators, animators who use reference and depend on reference as opposed to empathy, you know, facial expression and mirrors, uh, that, that gave, lent a credibility to, to that particular moment in the movie that that just felt like it could be built on, and in some ways that's how we end up doing movie one. But I would propose that I would happily go back and do two D if if it was better for the narrative of the movie. That's the long and short. It, 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 the medium we choose to tell the story in should, should be best service the, the intention. You know, it's not about, you know, the next best, te- or the next new technology. Technology for technology's sake mm. is useless. Unless it borders the art, no good.
0: So, you know, when you're approaching a character or approaching a new, a new project, what are you looking for at the, reading the script? There must be something, and there must be something that brought you back to, to Avatar that, that really attracts you at the moment of reading. What are you looking for there?
4: Well, I'll be honest. Jim writes movies that you want to see. That's the, that long and short of it. Which is, and and for me, it's always when you're introduced to new characters. Like Piacon is a good example, where he's 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 a you know whale type creature who has he has to emote and connect to another teenager. So the question is, how do you take you know uh, a limited motion vocabulary like a single eye and some soft tissue? And then um, at a three hundred foot at times, you know, length, body length, and still be able to communicate very simple emotions like happiness and you know and and sadness and um, just uh, the sense of loss and the sense of connectedness. Um, it all through in our monologue because we, he has no voice. Um, but I, I, to do that successfully, you really have to drill down to the heart and soul of the character. Um, and and and. and in that particular case, it's motion vocabulary. In you know, for uh, other characters, it's specificity of, of, of the the physiognomy and the idiosyncrasies of, of how their face moves. And they, you know, you know, you know, you've met hundreds, if not you know, thousands of people who have very interesting you know ticks or um, behaviors, and it makes them very specifically them. I can go out tomorrow and find somebody on Hollywood Boulevard who looks like Marlon Monroe or. Humphrey Bogart, but I can't get them to make the choices that Humphrey Bogart or Marilyn Monroe would have made. So for me, we live and die um, by the actor's choice, you know, it, because that's we really want to bring that true in a consistent manner, so that our audience stop thinking about the fact that they're nine foot in blue and on an alien planet, <laughs> and and connect and want to go on a journey. With, and I think for me, in the theory, Zoe Saldana is just. She's a machine. She's the, the, one of the most talented people I've ever seen. Um, the, the song she sang in this in Wave Water, she sat down on a cold stage. It's a very large stage, um, you know, and just acapella, sang that song first time. That's the recording you hear in the movie. It's not re-recorded in a booth. Everybody stay quiet, put a boom mic in, and... It just the hair on your arm stands up. Just You, you realize you're witnessing something that's just mm. a superior talent, you know. Uh, and it, it, so on the first movie, in a lot of ways, that was our job, was to bring Zoe's performance through. You know, and I, I think that's she, she's the heart and soul of the first movie. And I think that's a much more ensemble cast in this one. So we had to we had to grow the system to be able to adapt to individuals physiognomies like um, Sigourney, Sigourney is a, uh, I have to be careful uh, of revealing ages, although I think it's on the internet, she's, she's 69 when she came to us and, and, and 70, 71, 70 when she left uh, performance with us, she was she shot for 18 months. She played a 14-year-old girl. And when Jim says action, Sigourney embodies that character. She came to life. And had she been wearing prosthetic makeup, she would be on every acting list. She would have smashed
0: mm. Well, you know, it, yeah, it, it, what's astonishing to the, the way you speak about things there, Richie, is, you know, you have obviously had huge success uh, in in your career, but you're handing all of that over to either the actors or the script writer. You're handing it all back to them that if you don't have those things to, to, to respond off, that there's, there's nothing to do. I mean, even as I listen to you now. I hear, I still hear a Dublin man. <laughs> I still hear yeah, your yeah. very strong Dublin accent. That has not disappeared whatsoever. What has kept you grounded in, you know, and you've been across huge movies. What has kept you so grounded?
4: Well, I think it's family, you know, it's like we, I've been very lucky. We moved, we set up built the States, you know, um, which is 28, uh, what, nine, I can't even tell you how long ago now. i have thought
0: you were going to tell me your age and you'd be in real trouble then.
4: 94. So 90. Like we moved out there in 94. So that's what, 28 years ago. You know, uh, and <clears throat> honestly, we've had the great pleasure of some of the guys from the class: uh, Colbert, Stevie Dean. There's a, a, Col- a Colbert Penley who's a band from Stonyford uh, who sat at the very next desk to me, Tracy Megan, who, who, who sat back to back. They were uh, uh, in our first job. They all um, there's, I think six or seven uh, people who are parents who have either married each other or. Married, um, there's one one lad from uh, from Australia. Uh, she, uh, Tracy married an Australian lad, but they're all in the industry. We all raised our kids together. We all live uh, in the same area, and I spent the last 2017-ish oh, years going to the, the the opposite side of the city um, instead of moving house because there was an infrastructure there that allows us to have a family away from home. You know, and uh, and and they're not all Dublin. There are some Dubs in there, but they're from all <laughs> over. Ireland, but they're all specifically from the uh, from a, a time in Ballyfermot and Bluth when we were get, all getting going at the same time, and um, I think that that just helps to uh, keep everything, you know, on an even keel.
0: There you go, that's Richie Bainham keeping everything on an even keel, as he said, speaking to me earlier in the week. Best, All the best to Richie, obviously, for the Academy Awards in Los Angeles on March the 12th and to all of the Irish nominations uh, on that particular night as well. It will be a very exciting event for all of us, I am sure. OK, we'll be back with more music from Nana McCabe after this break. Yes, and earlier on, if you were listening, you heard The Ritual from Rituals, which is the new album from Niall McCabe. And Niall is uh, back in studio with me. In fact, he stayed with me and we chatted as as Richie Bainham was was going out there. Lovely text came in just straight after that song um, that you sang earlier on for us, Niall. Channeling his inner Paul Brady. What a lovely song that was from Derek. (laughs) Um, I, I must say, when I was listening to The Ritual earlier on, you transported me. Uh, I know because we had spoken about you being from Clare Island and that song was written on Clare Island. Um, You transported me to Clare Island with that song.
1: Great! Well, wow. um, that's that's uh, it's doing its job. So, yeah, <laughs> I was actually transported myself while I was singing it. I almost forgot the words.
0: <laughs> yeah, because um, you, you were on Clare Island. This it, it, it this is one of the famous pandemic uh, p- uh, publications or, or productions, if you like. You were on Clare Island just as panda as the pandemic yeah. struck. I like
1: a lot of people. I'm sure you've heard this story. Mm. You know, a million times with, with the musicians. But you know, you go home. We went home for the pandemic, and uh, you know, we got in touch with something that we'd been missing a long time. For me, it was just, you know, getting in touch with home and the, the ground and, you know, working outside and doing all that kind of stuff. And that's where, you know, songs like The Ritual kind of started to bubble up. Mm. And just like that whole pandemic thing, just it, it really had an effect, effect on, I think, artists in particular. Because, uh, you know, there was no more audiences to play for, really. And you just kind of started writing songs for yourself.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, the song talks about, like, literally sitting and and being in the moment of just sitting there letting the evening close down and let letting the day end Yeah I suppose that happened for a lot of people who you know where they suddenly saw their surroundings and the things close to them in a, in a new light or things they'd forgotten
1: Yeah life got simpler I think for everyone and yeah for me it, it felt like almost medieval I don't know why it just like it, it mm. got just got very basic, and like that's where I think that song, you know, and if you hear the music, is a li- is a little bit kind of it feels kind of quite old. It doesn't feel like a modern song mm. at all, but like that was just that's what I was feeling at the time. So
0: I, 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 the other thing I'm picking up on Derek's text about channeling your inner Paul Brady. There are a lot of singer songwriters. You I mean it's it was your song, no no mm. question about that. But there are a lot of singer-songwriters, I would say, who are in your
1: mind uh, yeah, as a performer. He's, he's always been, a, a, you know, one of my favourites. I'd be a, be a big fan uh, just of everything he does. I think, you know, what a man of um, such a breadth of, you know, different styles. He could do anything and he's, you know, he's so unique, so himself. The Islander aspect of you. Mm. Um, has that come because you've been have you been basically
0: based on the island now since Yeah, yeah. 2019, 2020 Yeah I was on,
1: I was I was away in Cork you know since college um, mm. living down there because it's it's hard to be a musician on Fair Island um, and I was playing in pubs and I was you know doing my thing down there but I was just desperate to go home.
0: And what particularly when when you did get back home and did start time, what what did you start to do and how did it? Well, feed because, into
1: well, because of the pandemic, you know, I hate to keep on talking about it, you know in twenty twenty three, but uh, unfortunately, it still has that you know that long lasting effect. Hmm. But uh, I we all just kind of got back to basics. I was saying like we started painting the house. Uh, d- digging up the garden, building walls, like doing just manual stuff, and you know, hands got fi- like destroyed. I, my nails for my guitar nails so forgot, were completely so a real gone. problem for the guitar. I didn't play the guitar for ages. Yeah, you know? wow. Like for like a full month, I'd say. I didn't. I didn't even look at it. Didn't even know where it was probably But you know, that that was. I think that was it. That was there was a reset. Is somewhere in inside and that, and that was was that's where all this music came from then. Uh, the, oh, everything everything on the album kind of. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, around. pretty much. And did it bring
0: you back to childhood? Did it bring you back to old stories and old memories?
1: Very very much. Uh, uh, I was just I'm probably gonna play the, another song for you in a while. Mm. It's called the Midas Touch, and it's actually about my my best friend and me. You know, growing up, um, we used to have like a uh, lot of sheep on Clare Island, and uh, I wanted to write a song about when the wool buyers came. And when I started writing this song, I couldn't continue about the wool Woolbuyers because it just brought me to my best friend. And, you know, we kind of we drifted apart a bit as we grew older and kind of left the island. And um, it just it, it, it hurt me. And I, you know, since then, we've you know, we've kind of we've come back together again uh, mm. as such. And uh, I'm actually going to meet him after this. Uh, for a few <laughs> yeah. pints uh, so yeah well, it's about well, that
0: and I suppose that often happens I suppose in, in your teens, you, you, you've great friends yeah. I can think of a particular one in my own life the same thing great pals when you're in your teens Yeah, you go off to college and you kind of just lose contact
1: well, and yeah. you don't you don't get back together until later in life G- generally yeah but I, I mean I think personally I mean I have a I've, I had definitely a, you know a tendency to not to not put in you know the effort required to have good solid friendships and family and um, I think the pandemic actually was was instrumental for me to yeah. kind of realize that those are the things that are important yeah. and I need to put in the effort with people not and I've been bad. doing that ever since yeah. <laughs> I'm trying at least and now I
0: presume with the new album you'll be you'll be doing a fair bit of gigging around to kind of put test, yes. to road test the well you won't be road testing cuz they're out there now but tip tip, tip to feel what they're like in front of an audience
1: yeah I've been I've been out, out playing a few gigs and I've got a few more coming up as well um, if I can yeah, plug, yeah, plug yeah, we'll, them boldly give us, here give, no tell us tell us about the few so, that are coming up so in the next th- while yeah on the 31st I'll be in Ballyglass in Mayo um, on of this month yeah. and then in April I'm going to be in casabar on the 20th in the Linen Hall Um, a few more around April as well if I can get a
0: call and then you have the Cleary's yeah Cleary's
1: on the 25th of May and the 24th of May I'll be in Whelan's Mm -hmm. as well Um, so you can find all the information about all the gigs around the country on uh, my website which is dot com. .com.
0: okay let's hear this um, have you sung this song for your pal yet?
1: yeah I did I sent it to him first actually
0: before you even put it on the before, album before I,
1: I as a voicemail yeah uh, uh, tears tears joy laughing pants uh, I don't know you'll have to ask. I'll ask him later I'll text you
0: <laughs> text <laughs> me and let me know okay and the, the title of the second song is The Midas Touch lovely quality to this song Thank you very much. thanks Niall <laughs>
1: Days in summer, and the wool bars coming, packs power way up high. and climbed up and held our hands out, trying to touch the sky.
0: What a beautiful dedication to a friend. I was gold. You were the Midas Touch. That is Midas Touch from Niall McCabe, from Niall's new album, Rituals. Those upcoming gigs, Valley Glass on the 31st of March, Hall in Castle Bar on the 20th of April, Whelan's on the 24th, Cleary's in Newcastle the 25th, lots of others as well, com for full details. Been listening to Niall for years now, says John in Connemara. Um, used to be a regular at his gigs in Cocklands in Cork back in the day. He says he has evolved and matured and found his true voice so much in this album. It's a masterpiece, says John. Yeah, so congratulations! I love John, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He's not the pal you're going to meet because he's in Connemara. It's some, it's some other pal. <laughs> Many phones, burner phones, you know. <laughs> Listen, um, great to see you, Niall. Thanks a million for coming so in much and for thanks for sharing me. the songs My with pleasure. us. Niall McCabe. And we finish the week, as always, with album reviews. First up, US Girls, described as an experimental pop project. It's the musical moniker of Megan Remy, an American now based in Toronto. Three albums to date uh, have been nominated for Juno Awards, the Canadian equivalent of the Brits. latest one is called Bless This Mess. Next up, Mercury-nominated Tyron Frampton, known to his fans as Slow Tide, described by one BBC DJ seemingly as either a grime MC making punk music or a punk making rap music. His music does indeed blend grime, rap and punk with lyrics raging against guess what conservative British politics. How unusual is that? His third album is called Ugly. It's out today as well. And finally Hello Mary is the eponymous debut album from All American three piece comprised uh, of comprising (laughs) Helena Strait (laughs) Stella Wave and and Michaela Oppenheimer, Rolling Stone magazine, described them as the next great New York rock band. There's a few of those around. Let's see if tonight's reviewers agree with all of that. Brian Boyd and Eva Barry are sitting opposite me right now. Let us start with the US girls, Her really, Megan Remy. This is Bless The Mess is the current album and here from that album is a track called So Typically Now. we go. Experience. So typically now with is the, the title of that track from US with Girls and the current album, Bless This Mess. Eva Barry and Brian Boyd with me in studio, as I said, as our reviewers this evening. Um, Megan Remy, her alter ego, US Girls. I know there are people who hate the word journey but this is, she is on a journey <laughs> and she's been on a big journey for uh, quite yeah. a while really, if, hasn't she?
3: Yeah, she's such an interesting person because she's a musician, she's an artist, you know, she makes art, pop, music. She's someone who's brought out eight albums. She's from America but she lives in yeah. Canada where they really embraced her. As you were saying at the top of the show there, she's been nominated for a number of Juno awards which are really big awards in Canada, National Music Awards. Um, and she's someone who each album you'll get something quite different. You know, she's exploring different themes or she's making it differently. You know, she did a couple of years ago, she had an album that was all recorded live. Whereas Mm. this album, Bless This Mess, was recorded during the pandemic and has, you know, different collaborators and was all basically done remotely. And it was also made while she was pregnant with twin boys. And that's reflected on the album too. And, you know, she's someone who, if you read her interviews, she's very like anti-capitalist you know yeah. really interesting left-wing musician she doesn't vote she has really interesting takes on things so in that particular song you played there she's talking about you know you know urban flight people leaving big cities and moving out to the country so she's tackling a lot of really interesting things yeah, so yeah and, and Brooklyn's
0: dead was just the, 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 as yeah. the, the the lyric that was coming up as I, as I faded that one out and um, Brian um is saying there that you know if you if you were listening to previous albums etc cetera, etc cetera, if you were listening to previous albums you, <laughs> you might have expected to find to find yourself being allowed into this album so readily and so quickly.
2: She's really come in from the margins, not to put too fine a point in it, but she used to make unlistenable art and music. was quite proud of it's that.
3: Experimental, I suppose <laughs> we well, do. Uh, she close, actually yeah. uh,
2: just. Before, uh, Recently, she said it was a defence mechanism because yeah. she would make this sort of music and people would go, um, that's really bad, I don't understand it. And she'd go, you're not supposed to understand it, it's art. And it was all like, mm. it, she had issues of self-confidence and stuff. But they have, she has come in of the margins over the last few years. Each and every of the last three albums, people are going, oh, she's more accessible. She's now touching basic Reality Week and actually mm. there are recognisable parameters when her are in music. Um, this album is it's, it's interesting because the, the title, Bless This Mess, <laughs> Sums up the fact that lyrically, she's, we go from Greek mythology. Deadlist only Daedalus, the very yeah, first track. To breast pumps, which we were talking about the fact that she, she uh, gave birth to twins. And these arch critiques of like capitalism. Yeah, And then musically, we're going from f- neo-funk, neo-R&B, soul, folk, Dream pop, so you, you you've all that going on. It's really it, you. You take a while to get your bearings, yeah. and when yeah. you do come to, I think the seventh song, Saint James's Way, about the um, Camino de Santiago, she it's a normal, it's this very straightforward song, and you sort of go, oh my god, this is so strange. This song is very normal because surrounding that song are she goes off on these on these uh, funk walkabouts, yeah. disco walkabouts. Even some arena rock moments. It's it it is. Bless this mess. It's it's beautifully titled. It's a glorious mess.
0: Yeah, because uh, you you're talking about what's around um, what's around St James's Way earlier on as well. The the, the title song, Bless This Mess. I thought this could be sung by Elton John (laughs) that kind of Mm. feel of it Yeah
3: there's so many like 80s and 70s moments you feel like you're like transported back you know to a dance floor somewhere I mean that song you just played there you could absolutely play it on and get people on the dance floor now which is really nice throwbacks I think on this and there's a good contrast between the seriousness of what she's singing about and then the maybe lighter you know Hmm. more exuberant feel of the music
0: All right, do you want to hear the song that you think is the the more normal song St James's Way or or do you want to hear Just Space for Light St James's Way I liked. Okay, he yeah, was in first. Look, David. look, he got there before me.
3: Sure, look. <laughs>
2: Really
0: is when you mm. listen to even those two tracks mm-hmm. in isolation and only only a bit of each track, it's like almost like a different album. But somehow does, bless this mess, does it become a coherent unit or whole for you, Eva? I don't know
3: if I'd call it a coherent unit, but not in a bad way. I yeah. mean, in, in some ways, you know, you do leap from song to song, but at the same time, because you do have those kind of retro feels to it, you understand that, it, you know, how they're all linked together. But I felt where it maybe docked points for me was the fact that because it is an experimental album in some senses, yeah. it didn't always feel cohesive. But there's some, so many amazing moments and I really loved how she uses the sound of the breast pump as percussion in, in the one the of her songs, the song Pump. called "Pump,"
0: and it's one of the most soulful songs on the album. Totally, see, yeah.
3: it's lovely, and I just love her brain—the way she yeah. thinks and the way she does things like that. Okay, like starts song, that from record.
0: you on this one out of five, Eva. Three
3: point five.
0: Three
2: and a half, Brian. I think it's it's a perfect album for the streaming era because no one wants to listen to twelve songs and all about funk or twelve songs and. So, but on this it's like you're getting 11 albums in one uh, three and a half stars from me <laughs>
0: 11 albums in one three and a half from you as well so even Stevens on that one let's go then to uh, another musical moniker uh, this time Slow Tie also known as British rapper Tyron Kimone Frampton and if you want your artists, artists to be raw challenging and utterly frank about every aspect of their lives this one just might be for you his third album is called Ugly And the second track on the album is called Selfish. That is the first uh, minute or so of a track called Selfish from Slow Tie and the album Ugly. And I probably got out just in time for that <laughs> yeah. track, I would say, Brian. Mm. That, he, he, Ugly is the title of the album. Selfish is the title of the track. And there are <laughs> other, you know, similarly kind of blunt worded uh, titles across it's the an, album It's not.
2: Well. It's not for the faint-hearted. It he talks a isn't. lot about his sex life. He, he gives us like an infantry of his drug take. He um, lets us hear his talks with his therapist and uh, it's, it's sort of gritty and grimy. He comes from that background. He was, you know, born to a single mother when she was 16. He comes from a very rough sort of background and... For me, I mean, i probably I'm going to regret saying this, but he's the musical link between Tracy Emin and Philip Larkin in that he combines Tracy Emin's self-confessional, like brutal self-confessional, yeah. with Philip Larkin's way of taking banal quotidian elements and turning them into poetic magic. There's really he's a, this man has some substance. When you say ugly, it actually stands for you've got to love yourself. His belief in this That's album, isn't this? Yeah, his, his his belief in this album is such that he tattooed. The word "ugly" under his right eye. Hmm. Um, I something. don't know why
0: you would regret your great. Um, <laughs> um,
2: this this is this could well go on to become one of the great British albums. This, I mean, this is this is absolutely marvelous stuff. I haven't heard anything as good as this since Tricky's Max and K, which was released in nineteen
3: ninety-five. Right. Yeah, I think so. we both had Tricky on our on our list so of references yeah. for this so uh, Tracy this album. and
0: Philip Larkin is a great mm. place. for yeah, him, I was going to say the sitting.
3: Streets meets the Prodigy. So I don't <laughs> know if mine are a lot less low brow influences uh, <laughs> there <laughs> than um, than poets and artists. But yes, I totally do agree. Um, yeah, th- I mean. Sorry, I don't know what you were going to ask me, Shut I it's going to keep talking about how good the album is. <laughs>
0: well, I, was, I was going to ask you about, you know, in previous albums, certainly the conservative, uh, British conservative politics has yeah. been one of them. And it is here again mm-hmm. on this uh, on this album. But this, there is a kind of a, an intimacy in here as well, isn't there? A personal Definitely. side to it.
3: Yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, you know, he's someone who... Came to prominence because he was really critical of Theresa May's government, and he famously, as well, um, appeared on stage with the head of um, Boris Johnson at one point—not the real head, a fake head <laughs> of Boris Johnson. Um, so he is somebody that you associate with political themes, but this he really turns the lens inward. You know, to him, to his life, how he feels mm. about you know being 28 and being a new dad, um, someone who's at a stage in his career where he's quite comfortable in many ways. You know, is really, really popular. Can sell out really big gigs, can make a lot of money, and is all of a sudden different to who he was when he made his debut album where he was struggling a lot more. Um, musically, this is kind of both all over the place and yet mm. amazingly cohesive because it's like a rock album. It's kind of punk and rock and minds from bands like The Prodigy and like Tricky and that street sensibility yeah. of the streets. And Fontaine's
0: DC are on on the yeah. album phone right yeah. aren't they?
3: Yeah, um,
2: he now, I mean, nominally he's a rapper, but he now has a rock band with him. And what he's doing here is, so he's appealing to the rap fans because he is essentially Mm. a hip hop artist, but he also has that rock sound going on. This music is three to five years ahead of his contemporaries. In three to five years, every artist will be doing this. And it, it, there's there's no the sense of there's no affectation at all. You're talking about intimacy. There's no autotune on this. His yeah. vocal sounds like you've bumped into him in Temple Bar at, at <laughs> two AM in the morning and he's telling you about his life. But he's not just a drunkard telling you about his life, it's the most intelligent, eloquent, yeah. poetic description of his life possible
0: that is particularly there on the track Never Again I mm. think which is mm. for me certainly the most soulful or the, it's it's the one you can listen to
3: and, e- but but easiest story yes story and too, also yeah. a bit
2: unsettling but unsettling lyrically but musically beautiful mm. and yeah. it's that mix which really just you know gets into your head
3: yeah my shadow stayed on
0: Never thought I'd
1: see you again. Twenty four hours passed, another day, oh my god.
0: Yeah, hate to bring that down. That's uh, "Never Again" from Slow Thai from the album Ugly. I think this—I've uh, I've no doubt that this worked for Brian. Did it work as well for you? As you give me your stars, Eva?
3: Yeah, completely. I really, really enjoyed this. It was so invigorating and fresh. Like Brian was saying, he's just really doing his own thing. It's just really—I mean, he's challenging. It's not like it's an easy listen in any way. But what he's doing is—you know—it's sparky. There's a vibrancy um, and a life to it, and it's—it's it's just really different to what his peers are doing right now. And and that is great.
0: All right, stars? 4.5. Four and a half from you. Um, What are you saying overall on it, this it, one, it's, Brian? It,
2: it's, it's thrilling in its execution. I've never been thrilled by an album or, or, I've heard, or, or them, sh- heard shaken, rattled and rolled yeah. by an album so much <laughs> as that. He really gets inside your head. He's so confessional and it's so dynamic, but he does four and three quarters from me, Sean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> four and three quarters. I don't know if I can allow a quarter, but on this occasion... Since um, anybody who can come up with the acronym "ugly" for you gotta love yourself, I mean, just to yeah. see that already mm-hmm. says a lot about them, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Okay, let us move on to our four and four and a half and four and three quarters. <laughs> there we go. What have we started? Um, uh, let when you think about New York bands, I suppose Blondie, The Ramones, Talking Heads, Velvet Underground, all of those are going to come into your mind. When Rolling Stone magazine called you the next great New York band you think how lazy was the <laughs> like, <laughs> writer is what yeah. I think. I mean, it's, what kind of pressure does that put in a low, Mary?
3: A lot I mean and they're, they're three teenagers well, sorry two teenagers and, and, a, and a young woman in her in her early 20s so you've got Michaela Oppenheimer who's about 18 um, Stella Wave is the drummer she's around the same age sorry Stella Stella Wave mm. is 22 and Helena Strait is, is 18 and Helena and Michaela are, are really good friends and have been making music and t- music together for years and then they got the drummer Stella together with them and they've been making really great music and yes there's, there is quite a bit of hype about them I mean there's other articles I've seen where they're saying you know they're everybody every great band's favourite new band and you know that musicians really love them. Yeah. And talking about people like Tanya Donnelly from Belly, who they sound like at, at times in this album, saying they're great. So they've got a lot of seals of approval, <laughs> if you can oh, um, right. let's make have, that plural.
0: Let's have a listen to a bit of a track called Evicted. Bit of evicted there from uh, Hello Mary and their album also called Hello Mary. Um, I was saying, Brian, as you were listening to that, and maybe I had the wrong hat on me this afternoon when I was listening.
2: I think you have to have your 1990s hat and ears do, on when you put this so. album
0: on. If you don't, you're going to just get <laughs> irritated.
2: If, if Slow High was music is music from the future, this is very much music from the past, and deliberately so. Mm. They what they are doing is they're just mining the shoegaze indie. Alt rock musical phenomenon of the 1990s. There's is that crazy no, or is that good? No, no, there's nothing wrong with that per se. Many bands, you know, there, there's a revivalist thing about them. There's nothing wrong with that per se. What there is... What I did find wrong about this was, first of all, there's a cutesy backstory. You know, they wrote these songs when they were 14. Uh, and I'm always wary, having, having written press releases for bands in my time, I'm always wary of the hype that Roden Stone are giving them. And um, this album, while it's good in it nowhere, it's not as good as a PR. Also, the production on this, it sounds like a lot of money was spent to make it sound like no money was spent on it. It's very muddy, it's very 90s, it's supposed to sound DIY. We recorded this in our garage and, and it does. They, not, they, not they, they, are you they saying are, that they
0: are not the next great New York band?
2: Um, we'll wait and see. I, I would doubt it on, on this evidence. Um, they are great musicians. There's time signatures here, which I've never heard any other band do before. Really interesting. Their use of harmonies. Uh, for a three-piece band, the vocals, really, yeah. really good harmonies. For a three-piece band, they get some snap, crackle and pop to the percussion. And the guitar sound is amazing. Okay. Yeah. But they need to stop saying, we want to sound like Belly. We want to sound like The Breeders. We want to sound like here and now. Bring in a modern producer. Let them have the run of a modern studio. And, and sound like and Hello go, Mary. And sound like Hello Mary.
0: Stars from you, Brian. 3 Three. Are you, uh, I don't know if Brian's hard on them there because he's actually saying could do better in this in the school report. Like, yeah, yeah. Eric yeah, there's a huge potential there, but it wasn't realised here.
3: Huge potential. And the songs sound really great. You know, Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins, Whole Belly. I'm hearing all of that. Cranberries, exactly. Yeah. Really good stuff. But like that, again, because they sound exactly like their influences, it'd be really great to hear what they, see, what they do on they do What next they sound record. like themselves. Th- yeah, three stars for me as well. Three for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, pretty even then, except for yeah. Brian and his four and three quarters on -hmm. on Slow Tie Uh, Brian Boyd and Aoife Barry speaking to us about US Girls Slow Tie and Hello Mary on this Friday evening Leah Murphy oh no yes I'll be with you on uh, Sunday by the way 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock on RT Lyric FM joining me for that back with you here on Monday in the meantime let me tell you that this evening Leah Murphy and Paula Shields were the researchers Michelle Gibson was the broadcast coordinator Jimmy Doyle was on sound and tonight's programme was produced by Reg Luby so Sunday on Lyric Monday back here on RT Radio 1. John Creighton will be with you after the news.